Okay, welcome back. Uh, today we're going to be moving the dial on our force of change initiative, uh, continuing to work through the creating accountability diagram, specifically focusing on what we refer to as the star chart. So here we go. Welcome to the podcast. All right, Here there it is. We made it. We made it. All right, so the last week, last couple of weeks, uh, or last couple of sessions, I should say, we've been focusing on the creating accountability flowchart. Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, of course, on pawhealth.net slash podcast. Um, as we've kind of talked about the failure mindset, which the failure mindset is individuals who lack kind of shared purpose and impede the success of the team. Failure mindset is kind of a, a terminal path from when uh, an accountable event occurs and there's a fall tolerance, which the once the accountable event occurs, you have um, an individual choice to either collaborate or divide. So if you're kind of taking this route of division, which division is engaging in communication, which challenges shared purpose and well-being, ultimately you end at failure mindset. Ultimately you end at kind of low performance on our diagram. It's performance one and two, which is mm-hmm. either failed performance or you're sort of perpetuating division because of a lack of consistency and competency. Uh, but the other side is sort of when these accountable events occur, you kind of jump into collaboration, which collaboration is providing the opportunity to improve performance and fulfillment. Uh, You jump into that creator role, which is sort of an individual who's focused on a desired outcome directed by intent and purpose. That's as you kind of make your way up that whole arc. Um, And that arc, of course, is getting to a solution through the forgiveness model, uh, essentially creating a plan. And you can use resources like your mentors and leaders and sort of all Mm -hmm. these different things. And then from your plan, that's where you get into the actual implementation of the plan. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, we kind of le- ended off last session where we talked about, all right, when you try to implement a plan, which is you really utilize those resources to try just, and that's what it is. It's trying the plan mm-hmm. and you can have a solid solution. Like you can have the answer to a problem. You've gone through the collaborative process. You have a solution, uh, but sometimes implementation doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, again, from implementation, you can go back to that full tolerance and make it a, make sort of an individual decision then and saying, okay, well, if you try to implement a plan and that plan fails, well, uh, the, the natural reaction of like, well, we tried this and it didn't work, so nothing's going to work. That's as you move back into division, you move back mm-hmm. into the failure mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you try to implement a plan and it doesn't work or there is some failure in that plan, and you're like, all right, well, that didn't work. What can we try again? Mm-hmm. You know, um, is that's when you kind of go back through that arc um, but eventually you're going to lead into uh, what we've identified as the star chart or ultimately trying to find ways in which we can succeed. Mm-hmm. So the star chart, we have a really abridged version on the creating accountability chart. Um, it's kind of centered towards the top and green. But if you guys go to paulhealth.net slash podcast, um, I believe it's under our education system, uh, mm-hmm. actually, uh, pages, what did we say, three through six, mm-hmm. I believe, of the education PDF. That's going to be the focus of uh, kind of these next couple of podcasts is us kind of talking about the um, star chart. So to kind of familiarize ourselves with the tool, um, page three of that diagram of the 
education system uh, is, if you have overlay, is essentially mm -hmm. just a huge summary of the star chart. Um, we have covered this at least a little bit in past, uh, past casts, um, but <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, but today, of course, we're going to go a little bit more in depth. In the next couple of sessions, we'll go kind of a little bit more in depth on how to utilize this tool um, and kind of just look at it again from that standpoint is looking at it as a resource. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the reason that we originally put this together was as I switch cameras here, um, maybe I have I'm doing a new thing today. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, <clears throat> so the reason that we originally put this together was really to put um, some wheels on why like explaining why success actually didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was yeah. kind of a responsatory and like when we have these events and then we, we circle back into a failure mindset, even though we went through the whole thing, like, well, what about this plan? What about this implement in implementation didn't actually work? Yeah. And, you know, cause we, we, we've, we kicked around the concept of performance potential for years. A long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's where if I, in, in a previous podcast episode, I'll, I'll throw a link in. Um, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about, you know, the, 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 that performance potential grid kind of where, you know, a star child or a problem child, star players, yeah. that sort of stuff. But what we found was that was not a um, inclusive enough description of what everything that actually um, you know encapsulated why things didn't happen. So we yeah, had to explain did. that out further. Yeah, and it came from people were just having different conversations. Yeah. So we were all talking about performance and potential, but we weren't actually speaking the, maybe the same language, but a completely different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I think a lot of people have a hard time committing to this type of diagram uh, because when we talk about this diagram uh, and as we go through teaching this tool, we talk about high-low. Mm -hmm. It's just yes or no, the light switch is on or off, black and white, ones and zeros, is uh, is it a high performance or low performance? And, it you know, part of the discussion path is like, well, it's sort of this and it's kind of that. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's, you know, 80% this. But when you look at it from a problem solving standpoint, like you really want zero nuance. And yeah, it's really hard to... Um, especially when you consider accountable accountability, yeah. kind of what we talked about last time is like, you really have to be able to individually assign because when you have objective measures that are individually owned, then you can actually implement a solution because yeah. you have one set point that you're trying to fix. Yep. Um, and then what, when we were having those conversations and the, the thing that created the nuance was like, well, it wasn't an absolute failure. Um, it was in, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm not an absolute like low performer former right. i don't have no potential right and right. that that ambiguity um you know it, it a part of it in, in the original implementation turned into a hefty administrative workload yeah because it was like you're right i don't really actually i don't i can't say that yeah. you're all to blame yeah. and then as a means of control at we ended up doing so much work to yeah. try and yeah. help that out. And yeah. um, which ultimately that didn't work either Yeah, because too much was on one plate and then it just ended up being yeah. the bottleneck. Yeah. Um, so then um, the other four, the C variables of consistency, competence, confidence, and clarity yeah. uh, came about 
as a means to try and isolate down what was actually creating the issue. And then when realizing in that process that if we can have four out of six of these variables, essentially, we're doing great. Yeah. 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 And that was, you know, part of that, that nuance is kind of the same thing we talk about with our after actions and case reviews. It's like, if there is nuance where it's like black and white, yes, no ones and zeros. Was this a success? Was this a failure? And it's like, well, maybe it's like, okay, there hasn't been enough conversation. We haven't defined enough variables. We haven't broken this problem down enough. We haven't collaborated enough to really create a solution. Cause like you said, as soon as you can identify what the actual problem was, mm -hmm. if it's like, well, this was kind of, it was like 80% success. All right, fine. 80% success. Wonderful. What was the 20%? Yeah. Let's, let's hone in on that part because we're having this conversation because it was probably an 80% failure. So, right, if, right. you know, and that's the other thing too, where it's, you know, these conversations are not a kumbaya. It's like, let's just talk about it. Well, and that's typically like in those conversations, like what happens is when you start to mix um, this like idea of like, well, it's not totally like I you think it's 20. I think it's 80. And you start to have a conversation that is completely useless because it's just about finding a compromise about yeah. like how much of this was a problem, yeah. not what was the problem. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's debate. super easy to yeah. fall into that pattern. But Ultimately, like this is a way to be like, okay, yeah, like I'll give you that one. Like yeah. I'm not here to talk about how much of this was a problem. I'm just right. here to solve the problem. Yeah. And then once we solve the problem, then we have a zero percent problem. Yeah, correct. And that's really what we're aiming for in all yeah. of this. And that was, I mean, honestly, part of at least a little bit when you and I started working together originally way back um, on the consultation side is it was like, it was, it, you kind of broke even my brain of that pretty quick. Uh, it was, you know, we caught swinging the two by four or what have you. It's just like, you know, we have got to, <laughs> we have got to focus objectively. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Let's, let's get emotion out of this. Let's focus on what it is and then problem solve. Um, so yeah, it is, it is something that's very difficult. It is like everything else we talk about. It is a muscle flexed, um, mm -hmm. is the more times we go through it, it becomes easier and easier and easier. And then once your brain is in that mindset, then that's the end of it. Then mm -hmm. you're just, it's, it's actually, you, you waste less time on those things that are not worthy of your time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you so say you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Mm -hmm. So when we focus on that, um, now kind of, of course, getting into the star chart, we'll kind of make our way around it. Um, and I know, again, we've had other podcasts on this, but we really want to kind of bring this together as a, a all encompassing tool here. Um, so page three of the education system is kind of our broad, uh, picture all in one. It has the star chart, uh, which is the, uh, three axes of performance and potential. Those two go together confidence and competence. That's the next access. Those go together and then consistency and clarity. Those two things go together. So <clears throat> what we have kind of towards the bottom is you'll kind of see where, uh, let's just talk about the performance and potential grid initially. So uh, performance is vertically, uh, that's the y-axis, and then potential is horizontally, which is the x-axis. Mm -hmm. So when we look at this, we're going to talk about the ones and zeros, the yes and no's, is when we talk about performance, we often talk about is it high performance or low performance? Mm -hmm. Is it high potential? Is it low potential? And each of those sort of areas, so when we have high performance, high potential, it's, we call that 
a star player. And again, we're going to cover this more here in just a few minutes. I'm just kind of describing how these charts are laid out. Uh, high performance, high potential is a star player, whereas high potential, low performance is a problem child, or high performance, low potential is referred to as a backbone iceberg. Mm -hmm. So as you kind of make your way around these charts, that says we're going to start to talk about this and we're going to go more in depth into these next couple of pages. But clarity and consistency are the next thing. So mm -hmm. clarity on the vertical, which is the Y, consistency on the horizontal, which is the X, confidence uh, moving on is on the Y, competence, of course, is on the X. And what we're going to talk about is sort of the star, star, star. So star, as you move through those lists, are high, high, high. So high clarity, high consistency. Um, and to kind of take a little jump from this one page summary over to our creating accountability diagram, mm -hmm. getting back to the growth mindset, getting back to the failure mindset, is you'll actually see, uh, I had no, made notation of this earlier, is in the bottom right-hand corner of performance one, you'll actually see these two little small stars, the little, I'm sorry, three little small stars in the corner, mm -hmm. which means that on these axes, we've failed two out of three axes. Yep. Whereas with your performance five, that's towards the top of the diagram, top right, we've actually succeeded on two of the three axes. And that's, uh, of course, what mm -hmm. Ben had said just a few moments ago. Yep. So when we talk about this, it's it's a matter of high, high, low, 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 high, any combination thereof. But as we move through each of these corners, um, we're going to see where there are issues in this that are individual there are yep. issues that are administrative mm -hmm. so um as we go through the star chart and we have these conversations like we've talked about in past with after actions and case reviews is that administration has to be just as willing to collaborate as the creator. So your mentors, your leaders have to be willing to accept a certain amount of responsibility if that if that responsibility has fallen on them. Yeah, what we actually kind of found, and we'll get into it once we get into the details, it, 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 it accidentally balanced out pretty well, um, is that like consistency and competence kind of fall on the individual, yep. clarity and confidence kind of fall on the team, yep. um, or you know, individuals that are responsible, I should say, yep. uh, for those variables. Yep. And then performance and potential really kind of is the individual, uh, don't really have a lot of control as a as a team or as a company, as a large group on an individual's performance or yep. potential. Um, really, that's their ultimate, like what they walked in with and what they realize. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there, there will be kind of a blend. So this isn't a way of saying like this, uh, of over defining it to the point where it's all the individual's um, yeah. problem to solve. No. Um, it, 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 it's a means of just problem solving and yes. helping find what was missing. Yes. Yep. Yep. And that's in when we look at uh, kind of even leading on to that part and saying that the performance and potential really kind of has a lot to do with the individual yeah. is that's that third line actually that came almost yep. actually after the star chart was created. I think it was a couple of months after the star chart was created, that line of fulfillment. Yep. So, you know, what we really want to keep most people on is sort of in that top right category of fulfillment, meaning that you're having, you know, decent fulfillment uh, on performance and potential and being a star player and so on and so forth. Because you can have problem children that are 
uh, fulfilled. You can have backbones that are fulfilled, but you mm -hmm. don't want to lose fulfillment. As we lose fulfillment, that's basically a loss of uh, fundamental. And that that was the whole previous podcast yeah. of talking about kind of like the circle of death, yeah. <laughs> basically yes. of going yeah. from problem child to star player and yeah. then losing fulfillment and being a backbone and then boom, you're yeah. an iceberg and boom, you're out the door. Yeah. So yeah. Um, definitely there's a lot of existing content on that, which sure, also sure, open sure. a link. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, all right, moving to page four, uh, which is actually kind of the page two of our star chart diagrams. Mm -hmm. um, so this is where we kind of jump a little bit more into performance and potential. So um, a lot of this, again, it, it, we do have it linked up with our education system. So a lot of what's written in here, again, if you guys go through the education system PDF, um, it, you'll kind of see where some of these are a little bit more defined. Um but for us, when we start to look at performance, um, you know, this attribute is rated according to kind of the tier three growth plan and skills rubric. Mm -hmm. uh, we've kind of started to use the, the skills rubric a little bit less. It was one of those like really heavy <coughs> things where it was almost like the paperwork was a little more overbearing yeah. than it was worth. Yeah. Uh, but either way, when we talk about the tiers of our education system, tier one, two, three, three is really more of that every couple of months, every six months, you know, the, the, the priorities, the initiatives, it's our growth plan process on saying, what are we doing in the long term? Mm -hmm. And when we look at performance, it's kind of broken out into three areas. And this was actually kind of when we talked about performance reviews, this is kind of our three main focuses. Um, and one of those, of course, was role effectiveness. Um, so it's not, quote unquote, your job, but the roles that you have been um, uh, delegated or mm -hmm. that you have taken on. I mean, we have roles, everything from, you know, our inventory coordinator to technical leads to, you know, associate vets. I mean, it's just whatever it is that your functions are. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be one of the big ones on performance. How are you rating as far as your role effectiveness? Um, next one, of course, is what we want everyone is core value alignment. So that's a huge part of what it means to be a functional part of the team, not just in PAW Health, but in any team is your core value alignment for us. It's um, uh, trust, unity, respect, and accountability. So mm -hmm. how are you really kind of aligning in those categories? Um, and then the other one is just time allocation and usage. Uh, third being time allocation and usage is just more of, you know, are we really effective and efficient with the roles that we have? Um, and that's where that's where it can kind of get a little bit uh, kind of wishy-washy, where it's like sometimes you have people that are a little bit slower, but they're really meticulous and there's like zero errors versus the ones that are like really, really fast and they get the job done quickly, but then there's cleanup on the backside from, you know, an error standpoint. Yeah. So it's, it's not time allocation and usage isn't just how fast are you, right. it's how effective. Well, it, it was that was a weird like conversation in the way that that <laughs> variable developed because it was yeah. like, well, to be effective, don't you have to be efficient and like what we actually found was like not really yeah not really. Um, because how well you are doing something and how quickly you're doing it yep. those are two different things yeah um you know i i used yeah. to conflate those two variables myself um yeah. and once we kind of had um some unique experiences i don't yeah. even know how to describe them but no, basically yeah. like we just put this thing to the test that's the actually that's what it yeah, is yeah, we yeah. tried this out yeah. and found like well actually you're really good but you're kind of slow yeah like so how do you get better well you get a little bit quicker well yeah. what's it going to take for you to get quicker and that was where the 4c variables started yeah. to come out of like what are you lacking and actually picking up your mm -hmm. pace i don't want you to lose yeah. how well you're doing it <laughs> no or still or, be good, yeah. And, and actually, I think the reverse happened kind of simultaneously with a, with different people. Was 
um, you're way too fast and your quality sucks. Yes. You need to slow down. Yes. What is missing to yep. cause you to slow down? Confidence. Yeah. That was the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little foreshadowing there. Yeah. But um, it, it, like that happened all at the same time as yeah. this tool was kind of just in process and trying yeah. to, you know, we were working out the really, the full attempt of utilization of performance and potential found the gap, expanded it out. Yep, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just part of that collaborative process. Hey, how can we make this better? Yep. Um, and that's where, you know, again, for us, we're more than willing to try something and fail because we know as soon as we fail, we're going to make it better, mm -hmm. you know. So that's even in this, it's, you know. Uh, so anyway, so moving into potential, um, potential has a little bit more to do with tier four. Um, so tier three is kind of growth plan and mm -hmm. process for the individual. Tier four is certainly growth within the individual, but it's more of the application of one's performance. Mm -hmm. So when we start to look at um, tier four, that's what we refer to as our professional advancement guidelines. We have individual advancement and we have industrial advancement. So um, an individual advancement is more of um, not just how well are you doing with yourself and can you make yourself better, but it's can you help advance the other individuals around you? Mm -hmm. So that's where, again, if we kind of jump back to our creating accountability flowchart, as you kind of move through that growth mindset, as you come through success into the growth mindset, and as you start to make that swing up into performance three, four, five, and you jump over to then the collaborative process, which is now to the left-hand side of the diagram, that's where we talk about our mentors and leaders. Mm -hmm. So industrial, I'm sorry, individual advancement is, yeah, we absolutely want you to advance yourself because that is a part of performance. If you yep. have low performance, performance and high potential, it means you have the potential to improve your own performance. Mm -hmm. But then once you really get into that higher performance and higher potentials, keeping a high potential simply means that you're going to jump over to a mentor, you're going to jump over to a leader. Mm -hmm. um, and from a definition standpoint is a mentor is an individual that provides encouragement and support to the creator as a resource. Whereas a leader is an individual who's focusing on growth by holding the creator accountable. Mm -hmm. So it's two different ways that we're focusing on how to help the creator forward. So that's when we look at sort of that individual advancement. That is one big part is focusing locally, focusing on the individual level, focusing on taking those people who also have lower performance and sort of boosting up uh, their performance as well. Because, uh, you know... Um, uh, similar colors run alike. I mean, it's mm -hmm. one where it's like, you know, hey, I struggle that at that. This is how I got through that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so. Well, and everybody is going to do that in their own way. Um, so, like, I, I, you know, we'll get into, once we get a little bit further down, we'll talk about how, like, basically every time you hire somebody, there is the belief that they are of high potential. Yeah. Um, so, like, everyone theoretically can get there, but the way that um, mentorship and leadership um, is implemented is... I don't know the exact variable that dictates it, but they are individually determined. Um, and it's some, because some of it's skills, some of it's natural tendencies, some of yeah. it's just training, that sort of stuff. And like the best example is you and I sitting in the same room, right. like you're a better mentor. Yeah. I am in more naturally a quote unquote leader. Yeah. Like I just like to run out in front of everybody <laughs> and just kind of kick some butt. Yeah. But I, I like, 
not to say that you can't do sure, that, sure, sure. Yeah. but my, I know like uh, your tendency is typically to yeah. let, like get everybody kind of just mm-hmm. picking up the pace as a whole. Yeah. Whereas I'm just like, I'm going to trudge through it yeah. and I'm going to show you people that you can do it yeah. and you're going to kind of learn the hard way a little bit, which yeah. we found wasn't necessarily the most effective yeah, means, most effective, yeah. uh, but in the right context, it can. Yeah. Um, so, it, 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 but again, like it's just the utilization of potential, um, yeah. again, can kind of be dictated by the individual yeah and i and i think you know there is some overlap like you said and being yeah. mentors and leaders you yeah. each kind of do it your own way in my brain i sort of think of leaders as like you said taking charge leading from the front mm-hmm. mentors are leading from the back yeah you know so it's it's your yep. you know who's at the front of the line who's at the back of the line but you're both walking the same line in the same direction yep. um so yep. that's where on one hand the leader's like yep this is how you do it come on mm-hmm. you know the mentor's more of like all right guys come on like i'll you know let's get together show you how you know move so but there is some there is some overlap in that um and that's that's why shared purpose and mission is so vitally important because if you're leading from different areas you have to know which way you're pointing yes so again previous podcast content really about shared purpose and well-being that sort of stuff um go dive deeper into that because what that does is it it sets your course and then lets you be who you naturally are because you yep. know you're confident and you're safe to lead in the way that you are best at. Yep. Um, and there's not going to be a discrepancy between the t- among the team where you're like end up pointing the wrong way, yep. and then it, it, you're you're all headed in the same direction once you know what your shared purpose is. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and probably actually the line is fulfillment that we're all walking. But anyway, uh, so yes. the, uh, <laughs> so when we talk about then potential, the other part to potential is what we call industrial advancement. So industrial advancement. So if you think of individual advancement as local level, um, industrial advancement is more of, uh, you know, community, state, uh, industry wide. Uh, so of course doing work with universities and, you know, taking on, uh, mentees from, you know, in, in different uh, veterinary nursing curriculums or DVM curriculums, just trying to move the dial, not just in one clinic and one location, but like, hey, let's spread this word. Let's get these tools out. So industrial advancement, of course, for us, a lot of our integration with uh, you know Michigan State, with, uh, of course, podcast, with uh, all the stuff we have coming down our education system here in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any event, so that's kind of the big thing as we talk about performance and potential. Yep. So uh, kind of defining out uh, low performance, low potential, high performance, high potential, and every sort of uh, variable thereon is now jumping into the first one we call star players. So I think everybody wants to be a star player. Everyone wants to think that they have high performance and high potential. I want to say everyone thinks they yes. want to be a star player. <laughs> yes, there's, yeah. that, there's an operative difference between thinks that like wants to and thinks that they want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Yes. Uh, and actually, now that we've kind of flipped over to having self-assessments, I think it's kind of uh, helped that just a little mm-hmm. bit. But, uh, you know, but in any event, so... Um, when we talk about star player, uh, you know, graphically, that's the top right corner of our um, grid there, uh, being that a star player is someone who has high performance and high potential. So the first thing is coming down into uh, our individual bullet points. Star players perform at a high level within their skill set. 
Um, and star players have a high potential for advancement, and star players are always fulfilled in their roles. Mm -hmm. So the idea there is that we're talking about performance potential, so it's high, high, uh, but then also looking at our line of fulfillment is there's never a star player who is unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I would say that if you have a star player, they're probably the rapid decliners into icebergs um, if they lose that level of fulfillment. I would say it's a rapid mm -hmm. movement. Whereas with your backbones and your problem child, you have a little bit of slush in there. But mm -hmm. uh, the whole idea with star players, of course, on high performance and high potential, um, the idea is that um, these individuals uh, typically have consistency, clarity, you know, confidence, competence, not always. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where you have more people um, in this high performance, high potential category that are leading over to being mentors and being leaders. Mm -hmm. So um, you can still have failures just because you're a mentor and leader doesn't mean you can't have failures. Doesn't mean that you can't have failure or, you know, failures of implementation and failures of plan. Uh, we're all collaborative, but just generally speaking, star players execute exceptional performance and show ongoing initiative to not only better themselves, but better the team and better the industry. Yeah, I mean, uh, as these resources have developed over the last two years, like, star players collaborate like we could probably shorten that sentence probably, now like yes. they are the most willing to collaborate yeah um that yeah. but that does not mean that they don't fall yeah, like they're but they're the ones that get up they're the ones that collaborate again and they keep the loop going yep. um because they're able to hold the perspective that the more that we collaborate the more that we get through yep. you know our, our our accountability process and through forgiveness and into actually implementing these plans mm -hmm. that are shared yep. the more that we're able to realize success yes um that is like it's really star player isn't it, don't get me wrong, performance is huge. Like you have to be good at what you do, yep. but it is just as equally important to have a mindset that you're walking into every experience yep. thinking that you're going to be a star player and what does it mean? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to waver on that. It, yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Everything is a success. It, everything is a success. It's just not a success yet. Right. Yeah. Right. That, yep. Just constant optimism. Yep. Yep. Um, hard to do. Yeah. By the way, uh, in case anyone is wondering, because there are an uh, honestly a limitless number of variables that are going to knock you off of that, and that's as again as we get into consistency, clarity, confidence, and competence, those variables help us define what is taking us out of this star player mindset as well, and out of the desire to yep. collaborate. Yeah, yeah, and that's then when we sort of look at then. Um, a backbone. So the the thing here that I really caution talking about backbones is we we need people to understand that backbones are not necessarily a negative. Backbones are a negative if they lose fulfillment. But when we talk about mm -hmm. low performance, it doesn't always necessarily mean that this is a negative. It just means that the potential is low. So here we go. So a backbone. Uh, when we start to look at performance and potential is that a backbone is someone who has high performance, uh, but low potential. And again, remember how uh, potential is defined as sort of the individual and industrial advancement. So backbones, generally speaking, perform at a really high level within their growth plan. So we're talking about tier three, that's role effectiveness, core value alignment, time allocation and usage. So these are people who usually typically perform very well in that category, um, but really struggle with the potential of professional advancement. Mm-hmm. 
are they struggling with um, advancing their own skill set? Are they struggling with helping others do better? Are mm -hmm. they struggling with, uh, you know, advancing within the industry? So uh, it's the, is it hard to take the 30,000 foot view versus sort of that day to day? Mm -hmm. So when we start to look at that line of fulfillment here, because remember star players are always fulfilled. When we look at backbones and we talk about a fulfilled backbone versus an unfulfilled backbone, Fulfilled backbones are essentially the foundation of the team. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we look at a fulfilled backbone, that's someone who can come in, they can execute their role effectively, they got good core value alignment, they're not having issues with um, you know, necessarily inefficiency, but we talk about one of the you know, two biggest problems in the profession is unnecessary conflict and inefficient process. That's not these people. They're efficient, there's no conflict, they're doing their job well and effectively, their time, uh, time allocation and usage is pretty much right where it should be, whether it be slow, but it's effective, or mm -hmm. you know, likewise. Mm -hmm. um, those are really the foundation of the team. So I think that's what, like I said, the, one of the negative connotations when you hear of low potential, um, it's it's these people are there to do the job, but they may not be the best at collaborating from a problem-solving standpoint. So mm -hmm. they can do it, but they don't know why they do it well, mm -hmm. um, which again, isn't a problem, isn't necessarily a problem. Um, but again, when we start to look at the collaborative process, you could see as of having low potential for just not great at, mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of uh, collaborating. Mm -hmm. And when you jump over to then being an unfulfilled backbone, so that's where there's been some type of a break. So you have a backbone who actually was maybe trending towards high potential. Uh, they were actually kind of a backbone who was starting to become a star player, but there was really something that just kind of took that wind out of their sails uh, and they started to lose uh, their overall fulfillment in the workplace from a role effectiveness and core value and their timing. So if you have someone who's uh, slow at a task but effective and you're just jamming down their throat be faster be faster be mm -hmm. faster be faster but they really take pride in their work mm -hmm. so when they're rushed they're like they're just feeling that you're making me do this and i'm doing a bad job and you're you know so you're, you're trying to make them something that they either don't want to be or can't be um but when you kind of kind of expand out um that portion of backbone is saying that Backbones often go unnoticed and fulfilled backbones are among the most valuable individuals within the team. Um, however, unfulfilled backbones will become icebergs if administration places barriers in, the, in their way uh, from seeking professional advancement um, or if failed administrative policies remove fulfillment. So it's, that's what I'm kind of saying is that if you have these fulfilled backbones who are trying to become star players, but you have this standard org chart, you know, where it's like it's a hierarchy and mm -hmm. they want to do better and they want to help more, but administration is keeping them in their place. No, this is what you need to do and you can't do more than that because I'm not going to let you. Mm -hmm. um, or the other side where it's policies, like I said, policies, are, you have to do better, you have to do better. And I think this is one, that's what we talk about, the foot, the foot that's basically yeah. pushing backbones into being icebergs is a lot of, a lot of that part that um, administrative policies that remove fulfillment is when, when you get into a corporate environment where all they talk about is pushing the invoice, pushing the sale. What's your performance? Here's your numbers. Negative accrual. You didn't do better. You need to do better. And you know, next month, and it's going to affect your income if you don't do better. Do better. Do better. But do better. It's like, well, but for us, generally speaking, we are a profession of altruism. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like that. Like the 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 boot in of administrative policy is going to be the thing. Like you're going to lose fulfillment 
most often, that's okay, like that's why numbers are so yeah. kind of pertinent to the conversation. Like, yes, we're f- loaded with altruistic type people, yeah. um, but being aware of kind of what your values are, what motivates you, um, it, you know, because I always like to think about this, like, what can I control, right? Yeah. So if I'm, if we're talking to somebody that doesn't work here. Um, and they don't really feel fulfilled. Like, well, what actually is fulfillment to you? Define it, um, even as an individual. Because, like, what motivates me is different from what motivates you, what motivates to everybody else listening to this. So, like, for me... I love numbers. I love that concept of right. like how do we how do we boost this up yeah. in a in a safe and effective way. Right. Uh, whereas other people, and again, like just by nature of the industry that we work in, um, being heavy altruism, heavy with the desire to help, the more that you have administration that pushes the concept of numbers. The less fulfilled they're gonna be, because what it does is it's like um, this is a concept that I'm kind of working on. I think I got it pretty much wrapped up. Of like you've got purpose, which should be shared, but you've also you have to have process and you have to have an individual's return on investment. And the bigger of a gap or a a, uh, basically a a lapse between ROI and protocol, the less fulfilled that person is going to be because they don't actually see how what they're doing doing fulfills the shared purpose and then ultimately feeds them. Yeah. So you have to know who you are, but you also have to know who you're working for. Yeah. And if you feel like you're being pushed into being an iceberg, yeah. you probably are. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's probably occurring. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, and that's where I think the tricore for us is so valuable because <clears throat> it, you know, when we start to talk about fulfillment, we start to talk about, you know, what is it that you as an individual are seeking? Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually part of, or at least one of our screening mechanisms for employment. Yeah. You know, is just saying like, you know, not that we want everyone to be the same. We do want diversity within the team. That's not what we're saying is, but it's looking at that values Ooh. index. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know. the screening mechanism isn't, to say that there is a right way to be motivated or a wrong way. Yes. It is. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you a couple pointed questions to see if you have any idea how you are actually motivated. Yeah. Because when you really know the tool and you know how to interview well, it's really easy to tell if somebody lied. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the only way I can really say yeah. it. Like, cause it, cause if you're self-defined like that, when I was really heavy into interviewing, you know, when I first started here yeah. um, and even before I was working at catch all like, yeah. I wasn't necessarily asking interview questions to know if someone is going to be good at a job or not, yep. because especially from the consulting side, I can't ask that question. Like, yeah, right. how am I going to ask a mechanic if right. he's going to be a good mechanic? Right. Like, what's a transmission, sir? Like, that's not that hard to do. <laughs> but what I what so what I would do would be it would be more interpersonal, um, but it would really be pointed towards how much self awareness is there, um, and in those conversations, like the people that, um, would know who they are. Um, I would recommend pretty much all the time, regardless yeah. of what their mechanical potential was. Yes. I can teach to what you what you can do yes. with your hands. Yep. I can't necessarily teach you what to do with your brain. Yeah. Um. You know, if you've ever uh, read the Ideal Team Player, I can't teach hunger. I can't make you want something. Yep. Uh. So that's where 
Um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Yeah, there, so no, I hope yeah. you can kind of bring it yeah, back around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely with, you know, when we start to talk about that boot into yeah. backbones yeah. And, and talking about your return on investment and, mm-hmm. you know, those those different parts of uh, are we self-aware? Do we know what we're feeling or yep. do we know what we're thinking? And yep. that's, that's where sometimes when you're in this backbone category, which isn't a negative necessarily, we're mm-hmm. just, we're talking about it from a performance and potential standpoint, yep. is that as you start to feel this weight pushing you out of fulfillment it's mm-hmm. how self-aware are you to know yep. is this actually something that i am doing to myself is this something that administration is push, pushing on me are there barriers in my path um, and that's actually i think when you talk about sort of the the individual loss of fulfillment as you're going in that direction where you had fulfillment and you are losing it um, that's where as we start to say how do we move through this chart? How do I know what is happening? How can I problem solve? How can I objectively assess not only my circumstances, but also myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I think, very difficult for people, um, you know, to really look at themselves and understanding, oh, well, I may actually have put this barrier up in front of mm-hmm. me or, um, you know, the administration has, and it's, it's, it is kind of on both sides. Um, well, you know, it's, it's not always administrator's fault. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. the mirror is the hardest thing to look at, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And I do like holding up the mirror, uh, and this is actually not on the um, interview side, mm-hmm. but it's more of on the performance side. It's yeah. just, you know, really it's as I talk, you know, and I just quick then hold the mirror in front of my face so they see not me asking the question, but really themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very sort of... Um, Difficult thing to do uh, mm-hmm. effectively mm-hmm. Um, and make it <laughs> you, their idea. Well, there's a there's a reason that you're you were. It actually I haven't heard it in a while, but we're commonly referred to as Senator Riolo. Like you're just <laughs> yes. you're good with words. You can turn that yes. into a quality yes. engagement, but that yeah. is a high risk, high reward thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and that's like proceed with caution if that is your plan for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but it is all like, if you're looking for result, yeah. if you're able to show somebody in a way that is effective, like what they're actually saying and how yeah. it is destructive to themselves, yeah. um, that it like, what you're doing is you're breaking the victim mindset. That's essentially what it. Now yeah. we can we've we've gone, we've dove into that yeah. pretty substantially, but yeah, um, yeah high risk, uh, high reward. But once you once you are able to create a mechanism that breaks failure mindset. Um, then you can point it out yeah. and it's like, Hey, remember that thing that you did when you broke it before? Let's yeah. try it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, it's the mind control where it's your thoughts, their words, Yeah, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to focus them and push them in the right direction. Yep. And that's actually part of the mentality of uh, quick to fire. Yeah. You know, is it's you, mm-hmm. you try to give them the tools and really point them in the direction and, you know, really kind of have those conversations. Like I'm willing to have a two hour conversation about a four minute problem, mm-hmm. you know, but really just kind of taking the long road. And that's part of that, that part of being a mentor leading from the back is it's like, all right, let's try to steer this behemoth into the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I have had experiences with past employees, both current and past, um, or I should say past experiences with employees that are here mm-hmm. no longer mm-hmm. is that you try to steer them in the right direction. Um, try to keep them on that line of fulfillment. And if they just zip right off, it's like, okay, you yeah. know, we're probably not going to from, and that's part of the return on uh, investment, yeah. you know, is that if uh, just as a mentor, just continuing to do all of the work, you need a mentor and mentee to essentially put an equal amount of work. Um, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, but but uh, to, 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 as a transition to, to get yes, into the next to, one, yes. is that gets us into problem children Correct. because typically those that you the this definition came out of like there's this person that I know can succeed. Correct. I know my like as a mentor or a leader or whatever. I know that this person can succeed. I see it. Yes. And they just refuse to. Yes. They refuse to perform well, and I have no freaking idea why. Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about yes. problem children. <laughs> yes. Carla. So by definition, uh, so again, leading off the backbone uh, into this now is saying, so problem children is someone who, generally speaking, has low performance and has high potential. That is every new hire. So yes. every single new hire starts out as low performance, high potential. They interviewed well, their resume was good, you thought they'd be a good fit, they made it through the door, they made it through the process, they're here. Mm -hmm. So we need to give credit to the point that they are actually here because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who interviewed who didn't get here, right? Mm -hmm. But we can't automatically put all new hires into high performance, high potential, they will fail. So if we start out by saying, okay, Let's let it's all base one. I know you've had past experiences with past employers or experiences while you were in school or experiences anywhere else in the world. But we have a lot of stuff we got to do here. We got to talk about role effectiveness. We got to talk about core value alignment. You have never had our core values before. So you have zero performance on our core values. We don't know time allocation and usage. You said you can do this, this, this role effectively, but we don't actually know how much time it's going to take you. So yeah. we have to look at those variables objectively, mm -hmm. role effectiveness, core value time allocation as a low when you are first hired. People mm -hmm. hate hearing that, but it's just the objective reality. Well, We're not saying you're low and you're low. We're saying, well, no, you're starting low, but you have yeah. a high potential to do really well. Just just basically like assume that everyone's going to be terrible at their job yes. when they start, yes. but you're also a, like a, the, the hiring process is the mechanism to assume that someone is going to perform well at some point. Yes, you are hiring potential. Yes. That's, that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's where, uh, like I said, just a few moments ago with the mechanic is it's like, you know, really we're not talking about how good you are at being a mechanic. We're mm -hmm. talking about your individual thought process that provides you the opportunity for potential. There's, there's definitely things where you got to have like benchmarks or like baselines. Yeah. Sure, um, sure, sure. So yeah. you, you know, you're not going to hire an ASE certified technician that doesn't have an ASE certification. You're sure. not going to hire a doctor that yeah. isn't a doctor necessarily. Correct. Correct. Um, yes. there's definitely baselines that people yeah. do have to meet certain qualifications. Yeah. Um, but don't uh, this this is this could get us into a whole millennial and like uh, sure. the five years experience yes. like one year out of school like yes. that whole conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. and how it's completely freaking unrealistic yes yes but just know that when you're hiring someone low high potential low performance yeah. right off the gate that's what you want or that's what you should expect yes yes um so and then their growth curve is different that's tier three right growth yep. uh so it's just some are gonna be faster or slower than others but here we go so a problem child is someone who struggles with performance uh straight out the gate uh mm -hmm. but again as you get into further parts of employment so for us our tier one and tier two combined we call basic training that's the first 90 days of employment so really it's not that it's yes, you have the expectation that every new hire is a problem child, but you don't want all of your employees to stay as problem children. Right. So that's as we kind of move through this and saying that it's like, well, you start out struggling with performance, but your performance should improve with time. Mm -hmm. um, and when you look at sort of the high potential, it's that they, they do legitimately excuse me, have a high potential for professional advancement. Now, remembering that professional advancement tier four is either individual advancement or industrial advancement. So we're saying that we have the opportunity to do better. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Problem children are another category that is split on fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So you have a fulfilled problem child or you have an unfulfilled problem child. And that's where uh, essentially your fulfilled problem children are basically uh, rising stars. So you're kind of coming out of that problem child state and we're really trying to get you into that star player category where star players, high performance, high potential. Now, again, you can go from problem child to star player and over to a fulfilled backbone. That is totally appropriate. Mm -hmm. There's no problem with that. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of fluctuating. You guys can kind of see here, you know, from a diagram standpoint, how fulfillment is so important between problem child, star player, and backbone is that you really want to stay on that side of fulfillment because you can fluctuate between those three categories. Ideally, everyone wants to be star players. But if we look at it realistically, um, we want everyone to be star players or backbones. We don't want very many people to stay as problem children long-term. Mm -hmm. um, so generally speaking, fulfilled problem children become rising stars uh, and unfulfilled problem child become icebergs. Mm -hmm. So whether these are the new hires that had high potential, but they just, you know, that's why we have the different breaks. Tier one is one to one week for most of our staff, two weeks for CSS. Mm -hmm. um, but then the first 90 days is tier two. Um, that's why we have... Uh, that break at at the 40 hours mm -hmm. and three months mm -hmm. is essentially to be like, okay, in the last three months for basic training, like came in with high potential, low performance. Like what were you able to do in the last three months using the resources that you have available? Our mentors, our leaders, you know, collaborative mm -hmm. process, so on and so forth to increase your overall performance. And if you really have people that are just, you know, having a hard time with both for uh, performance and potential, then they're going to, you know, of course go that iceberg category and they get off boarded. Yeah. Know? And that's, so this is why, um, getting into the next, you know, the four C yep. variables was so important because yep. what we're, what we're kind of talking about is yep. there are influences in that process that can be very blended. Yep. Um, so the, the actually, uh, the, Actual improvement of performance is definitely something that can be an individual's uh, responsibility, yeah. but it can also be an administrative one. Yeah. So what are the mechanisms that our that are exploring this person's um, uh, performance and actually improving it within that 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 kind of opportune time of really the first three months? Because almost every job, like I'd say you're going to be at least three months before you're even like, okay at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, at least, yeah. yeah, I'm saying, okay, like yeah. just operating, yeah, operating. Uh, at, a, at an okay level. Yeah. Um, but then there's also, so you've got like, what are the mechanisms administratively that are pointing people in that direction? How effective are they? But you've also got how much and how well is this person engaging in these processes? Yeah. So when we were, you know, in those, that, that 40 hour in that in between time and also at the 90 day, which is our, our scheduled and designated touch points, but there's touch points all along the way. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a conversation from the uh, company to the person of how are you doing, like how yeah. well are you doing? But also a part of that conversation is how well does this fit with you? Yeah. Uh, because yes. you're also trying us on. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that, so there, there's, there's a, there's a blended approach within these two things, but really the question is like, how are you seeing fulfillment essentially? Yeah. Like, is this job something that you're going to be able to perform at a high enough level yeah. to be fulfilled? Yeah. But also, um, is it essentially something like, I don't know the right way to word it, but like, but does it matter enough yeah. to, to you is the other variable that's in there? 
Yeah, yeah. And that's where, I mean, in past podcasts, we talked about the rage quitter, you know, yeah. where it's it's really more of an idea of everyone starts at low performance, high potential. But I think the big thing to focus on what you just said was the engagement component. Yeah. So it's how well are you engaging this process? How well are you engaging role effectiveness? How well are you engaging core value alignment? How well are you engaging time allocation and usage, individual advancement, so on and so forth? Because I think the reason, I shouldn't even say the think, I, I know why we had expanded upon performance to have those three variables is because it is a common saying within the, with, I, I don't know, just our industry, but definitely in the veterinary industry where it's like, as long as I'm the best doctor, that's the only thing that matters. Mm. As long as I'm the best technician, that's the only thing that matters. As long as I treat patients, that's the only thing that matters. Mm. So it's the individual has then made the decision that, obviously that's the only thing that matters mm -hmm. um, but it completely breaks apart everything that the company stands for mm -hmm. everything that the team stands for because yeah. we stand yeah. for role effectiveness we stand for core value alignment we stand for you know time allocation and usage we stand for individual advancement mentorship and you know so when you have someone who is really just rooted in being uh, sort of having unnecessary conflict because they in their life have defined themselves of having conflict and it's the, you know, the reality TV show and all these things that are jammed down our throat culturally mm -hmm. and just saying, like, this is how you're supposed to act as an adult. No, that's how you're supposed to act as somebody in high school, mm -hmm. as middle school. But coming into an adult professional environment, um, we really need to have, you know, people that are willing to engage, mm -hmm. willing to engage collaboration. Mm -hmm. So when you have a problem child, to identify a problem child who's going to become a backbone or star player or identify a problem child who's going to be comma iceberg it's how well do they engage your process because if they don't engage your process that's it they've already moved themselves to being low potential low performance they're not going to get better because in three months time they showed you they just didn't care enough mm -hmm. to do anything other than that which fulfilled themselves mm -hmm. and that's where for us we really focus hard on shared purpose we really focus hard on shared fulfillment on shared well-being um, that's what is the fundamental of the company but as soon as you have an individual that really focuses on what's important to just them and mm -hmm. they're not team players they're not star players they're never gonna be backbones they're gonna go right from problem child going into our next category which is an iceberg mm -hmm. yeah the uh so the other the other side of that just before we move on to iceberg yep. is you also have to have a process that is easily engaged with <laughs> yes so uh, i take that for granted yeah you, yeah. you do uh because again that that kind of gets my, you know, it grinds my gears when I think about like corporatization. Yes. Uh, I know for a fact I'm not a person that will ever fit in a large corporate environment. So I will say this with a big grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but what that, the, the more layers that you put in, the harder it is for an individual who's just starting out to engage with something that is meaningful and shows them yeah. what fulfillment is. It's not impossible, no. but it's just the layers of separation between ultimately like where these decisions come from and how they are implementing them makes that a harder transition. Yeah. Um, so that's why you'll just hear it from us all the time. We're pretty much anti-corporate. Yep. Um, and it, the more that you can perpetuate local influence, yep. local being community, absolutely, but also just internally, the more yep. that one person can make a difference in a clinic that is ultimately helps fulfill the mission, um, the more likely they will be to engage your process yep. and the more likely they will be to ultimately become star players. Yep. But 
The opposite of that is when you can engage with process and you have these people that are just kind of this wishy-washy or yeah. they just are there for themselves, yeah. it pushes them down into being icebergs. Yes, absolutely. So iceberg as defined is now the sort of opposite of star player. So icebergs are low performance, low potential. So of course in the last, uh, whatever it is, 45 minutes, we've kind of discussed different ways in which you can get to the iceberg category, but low performance and low potential is an iceberg struggles with performance and iceberg struggles with the potential of professional advancement. So mm -hmm. that's either it's individual advancement or industrial advancement. But an iceberg will sink the mightiest of ships, uh, you know, really saying that these individuals um, not only affect the performance and potential themselves, but they really do affect the entire team. And they focus on themselves instead of serving the patient. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's, you know, that's why we're so quick to really move icebergs on their way, because if we're all sort of pointed in the right direction, all pointed in the same direction, direction all pointed towards the shared purpose and the shared well-being um is that when you have people that you know problem children that aren't engaging the system we have iceberg i'm sorry backbones that have lost fulfillment and they're really starting to kind of tip down into this iceberg categories they're just they pull more people with them it's mm -hmm. just what happens now mm -hmm. it's not um it's not necessarily that um they pull people with them because they're engaging in conversation that or in communication which challenges shared purpose and well-being so yes these are people who are either directly or indirectly creating division mm -hmm. um you know but it's not always the way in which they're talking the indirect way in which we divide is just like <sighs> Mm -hmm. You know, or having kind of the, the body language or having, you know, they stop helping switch shifts. They stop, mm -hmm. you know, uh, engaging just normal process like, you know, well, I'm taking my lunch now. And it's like, we've well, been here for uh, 90 minutes, you know, like these ways in which we have icebergs that just, you know, they're not going to go anywhere except take you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a tough thing because uh, really what happens is. Um, you either have somebody who you believed to be high potential and through the course of time in practice, you realize that they don't have it. Yeah. Um, or you have somebody who has shown at least a fundamental, like, like in a, a, a high performance ability. And then they just, they essentially, they choose not to. Yeah, um, it's not what they thought, or you know, that's whatever it is. typically the one that's a little bit harder. Right. Like high, like the quick, the quick in, quick out is the, the typically the potential one of like, yeah. well, I thought it was this, but it's actually this, and this really doesn't meet the standard that we kind of need. Yeah. So like, how are you going to fix that? And yeah. then the answer is, I don't know, or this is a bullshit job. <laughs> that was that one's we're bringing that one back. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, you go elsewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, and you'll find it. Like, that's mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like, um, you know, there are absolutely jobs out in this world that have teams exclusively built on people who only care for themselves. Yeah. That exists. It does. Or they just don't know what it is that really, you know, gets them going. Yeah. And, like, they need a different mentor that has a different purpose and doing yeah. a different thing to yeah. really hit them the right way for them to be directed in a yeah. X, X way. Yeah. Um, um, is, is you just have to know, like, if it ain't here, like, it, don't don't hold on to them because you're not doing either side any favors. No, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and it's it, it becomes ultimately when you talk about new hires or even people that have been there for a while, it's like what we refer to as the war of attrition. Yeah, you know, it's like you just have to be willing to, as an individual, you may have to be willing to go through five different jobs to find the seat that you can sit in. Mm-hmm. Same thing as an employer, you have to be willing to put five different people in the same seat before this one person is comfortable in there. Mm-hmm. So it is mm-hmm. both sides when you sort of just be like, "Yep, this just didn't work out. I'm sorry, we don't have what you're looking for." The other side, I'm sorry this didn't work out. You just don't have what I'm looking for. Right. So it's right. it's both sides, you know, administratively and individual. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's kind of at least this first chart uh, yeah. of uh, the star chart uh, is potential and performance. Um, honestly, I think uh, we were originally thinking about making this a two-part series, but I, I think it's naturally kind of rolling into a three-part. Yeah. So uh, what we'll do is at least for uh, this time, we'll kind of conclude today's session. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, next session, we're going to pick up with, uh, let's see here, clarity and consistency as sort of the next move in our star chart. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys in the next session. <laughs>